You're listening to the audio version of Victory Condition Gaming, sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. You can check them out online at forgetmenotflowersbarrie.com. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, search for Victory Condition Gaming, and you can also follow me on Twitter at DougVCGaming. And if you'd like to watch us live every week, make sure to subscribe to Victory Condition Gaming on YouTube. We're all mad here. Pull up a chair to the tea party because this week we're talking with Wonderland War co-designer Ian Moss. Stick around. Everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Rob Collegian from a Pond's perspective. Hi, if you want to. <laughs> ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Uh, I'm about a 10-4 in my hat size. Artist, illustrator, author extraordinaire, Barney Smith. Why do melons have weddings? Because they can't elope. <laughs> Our geek of the north, Jason Hunt. In Churchill, Manitoba, no one locks the doors to their cars or homes because they're afraid of polar bear attacks. Wait, wait, wait why would that means they should? <laughs> no, because if the polar bear gets inside, you don't want a locked door keeping you from getting out. How would it get in if the doors are locked, though? I don't get that. They come in through the window. <laughs> oh, Fire escape, bears, man. man. They'll get in. <laughs> and, this week, <laughs> and this week we have special guest caster, game designer extraordinaire, the one and only Ian Moss. Uh, I don't know what I did to deserve this. <laughs> You don't know what you signed up for, friend. But I'm so glad that you came on. I, I, I love hanging out with you at the convention, so I'm glad that we finally got to have you on the show uh, and, uh, and have you on the podcast. All right, let's get to our first segment. Ben, it's new at the store. You're back finally this week. Woo. Yeah. To take feel, it over. Feeling take better. Away, fin- my friend. Feeling better. Finally got that sickness out of my system. So, uh so we got a couple of expansion releases and two new games hitting the market this week. Uh, for expansions, we have Root, the Underworld expansion. Uh, this is not officially uh, released yet, but Kickstarters are starting to land. Uh, and if your store was a Kickstarter backer, I know that this is showing up. It showed up at uh, my shop today. Got a chance to look at it. The new expansion looks fantastic. The Kickstarter uh rewards that are included in the kickstarter version are gorgeous um it's just a fantastic game in itself getting two new factions plus the extras uh two new boards to play the game on uh is is fantastic this is going to be a really nice uh expansion to boost the root uh game with uh the other expansion we have is tiny town's fortune uh, I know I've talked a little bit about Tiny Towns previously, so I'm excited to see uh, what the expansion can bring because I think it's a really good, uh, really good game uh, in of itself. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see where they they take this. It uses uh, limited resources, um, so there'll be money and stuff which uh, are now being introduced to the game. So checking that out and finding out how that can impact replayability will be. Uh, 
definitely something we want to look at. The other two games we have, uh, we have Crazy Tower from Synapsis Games. This is a dexterity game with a traitor mechanic, uh, which is what kind of jumped out at me. Uh, one of the players is a traitor and is trying to knock the tower over, but they are trying to knock it over on another player's turn. So they have to kind of set up plays on their turn that will make the tower unstable on someone else's turn uh, in order to get the win. Uh, so it adds a cute little bit, and it's got a nice wooden uh, kind of Tetris-inspired uh, uh, building pieces that will you'll interspace uh, with different cards that have layouts that have to be put down before you can continue building the tower. Dude, that game, I just looked it up, looks awesome. It looks really cool. Uh, it's definitely one I think that's kind of flying under the radar, being that it releases this week and it has not gotten any real buzz on board game geek I was at all gonna say i haven't heard hardly yeah anything for um it was originally from a french publisher um and it's kind of coming over to the u.s now so uh, i would definitely recommend people check it out it looks really cool and having that uh that social aspect of the trader i think will really provide something neat that uh the dexterity game genre hasn't really seen before uh, and then the final uh, item that's out this week is Jim Hansen's Labyrinth, the adventure game. Uh, this is a role-playing book uh, set in the world of Jim Hansen's Labyrinth, on, uh, obviously. It is a full-length adventure uh, with over 100 different varied scenes. From the description, it seems like you'll kind of generate these scenes uh, semi-randomly as you play through. So you'll jump around in this book based upon a die roll. So the labyrinth will always change every time you use it as a reference for your game. Um, the, uh, That's a the cool book, idea. Yeah, the book can uh, can either be used uh, and adapted to whatever system you want, um, or it has a really streamlined set of rules uh, that you can just play through the book almost like a... Uh, kind of like a choose your own adventure kind of style kind of like uh, the game for, books back in the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah so for people that aren't necessarily role players but love labyrinth this might be a good way to test those uh tabletop uh role-playing waters so this Dude, is the an, dice are stored in the book yeah it's and it's a gorgeous oh my piece. god this is yeah. so cool looking <laughs> i am as as a big jim henson fan and labyrinth fan uh i this is coming right out of the box and into my possession. Oh, I need uh, this. I need this so, desperately. Yeah. And it's got <laughs> art. Uh, it's got art from um, uh, Horsley, Frazier, and Froud, the original concept artist. It's got images from the movies. Um, yeah. Just a beautiful, beautiful uh, book. And I'm really hoping that the, the role-playing system works well, because how much fun would it be just to suck your players into, uh, into the labyrinth for a session or two? and try to have them escape. That would That'd be, be awesome. a cool drop-in game. Just boom, go. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah, yeah those are the those are the big ones. I didn't realize that that was like a like an RPG all by itself. Like I No, I didn't I thought it was like I... a game I thought it was like a game book. Like yeah. you know, like we we've covered on the show on the show before where uh, like Destiny Quest and those old, you know, fighting fantasy novel. I thought it was something like that. Ben, yeah, no. uh, I know we'll probably talk about it in a in a couple of weeks, but uh, are you getting the new Dungeon Mayhem expansion in? Oh, yes. Ordered any? Yep. So I, I got my copy Friday. Nice. Um, and it is it is choice. <laughs> um, so you, you get six six new players with six-player rules, all crazy monsters. 
um, but the box actually holds uh, both of the previous sets as well with nice oh, dividers. It is a it's a thing of beauty. Uh, the only thing I'm I'm bummed about is uh, now I have six decks that are nice, new, and pristine. And I have six <laughs> decks that are completely worn out from the kids playing the previous uh, previous ones. But no, the um, the the kids gave it a whirl Friday night, and it is a lot of fun. The new characters are really cool, um, and that box is great because you and they get a they give you a little um, foldable tuck box to put all the tokens and stuff, and that fits right in as well. Nice. It is really really cool. Yeah, when when retailers think about their product, not only in terms of shelf space but also storage uh, after the fact it's uh it's a, a huge deal it's a it's a home run yeah um, yeah the only thing i'm sad about is that the the new decks and the old decks and the tokens fit in the box absolutely perfectly so there's no but, more room to expand there's no more room to expand so that makes me sad like are they not planning anymore or is it just going to be like another expansion and maybe an option for a bigger box because i would love they not um, expect it to be as popular as it was. <laughs> yeah, honestly, now that we have uh, now that we have Wild Mount officially in Wizards, I would love to see a, a Mighty Nine decks come out. I think that would be hilarious from from Critical Role. That would be cool. Yeah, to make them oh. myself. All right, I guess that's going to do it for new at the store. Let's get to the box office beat. This is where we talk about everything that reigns supreme in the box office this last weekend. Uh, this last weekend, I've got to eat some crow because I said there's no way that Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> would be the number one movie. But what I should have said was, you know, since Bad Boys 3 was the number one movie for three weeks in a row, it should be the number one movie when it comes out. And of course it is this week. Um, number one went to uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, it brought in $58 million on uh, its opening weekend, which uh, is uh, the best showing for a movie based on a video game of all time. It beat out Detective Pikachu by a few million dollars, which is surprising to me. I, Maybe that whole thing about people should go see the movie because they made so many so much of a big effort to fix the terrible animations actually worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Rob, you uh, you predicted this, right? The, I predicted it. Yeah, you uh, predicted this, and, and I'm going to say I'm going to give you kudos for predicting it. You haven't seen it though. No, no. This is has one it, that uh, we're not going to go see in the theaters. Has has, <laughs> has anybody seen this movie? I don't think. Gonna, I, you know what? I think I'm going to, and I I gotta say I don't think I don't think what Jason said. I don't think it was like people showed up out of pity. People genuinely think it's a good movie. Like it's just a really fun. I I, I put it up at the same level as why people love going to Jumanji. Jumanji isn't Oscar winning script. I think it's it's just a fun movie, and I think this is the people that went to really push Jumanji up are the same types. It's the same type of audience that's helping Sonic out. Yeah, I think it's just a fun movie. It's not. It's not. It, 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 I think it's also from the, from the reviews I've read, it knows what it is. Okay. So yeah. it knows what it is. And actually, and there are some legitimate, like, uh, uh, I want to say tear jerking scenes, but there's some, some legitimate emotional like scenes where they really have Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I did crack him from saying Sonic the Hedgehog as a three dimensional character. Like there is some emotion <laughs> behind it. So it's not just, uh, 
And week I've, two, I've week two that, box uh, office will tell you whether or not it's got any staying power yeah. or if this is just a flash in the pan. If it's still in like the top five in week two, then I think you can say it's actually a good movie. I heard Jim Carrey is like classic Carrey in well, this movie. That was one thing that we were talking about before we went live is, you know, Barney, you said that it's been what six years since Jim Carrey's been in pretty well, much I've, anything at this point. No, well, no, because he's in that he's in that that uh, with that Showtime show, Kidding. Is that was? Yeah, he's in Kidding right place? now. Yeah. Oh, so okay. he does that, but he hasn't actually done a comedy movie since 2014, right. and that was Dumb and Dumber Two. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. Ian, are you uh, since before then, right? Like, yeah, has, has done actual <laughs> yeah, comedy much. since before 2014. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Ian, are you excited about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Are you uh, are you a Sonic fan? I mean, I did like Sonic growing up, but yeah. like I I don't know. Like I I understand when they when they changed it. Like I was like, yeah, okay, cool that they changed it, but also what were you thinking in the first place? <laughs> like you said, it's a movie that knows what it is, but I, like, how could that possibly be true when that first trailer, when you saw that first trailer, like yeah. that movie had no idea what it was. Well, there were a lot of people who said that that might've been a marketing stunt. Yeah. I still think it get was attention. completely intentional. No, yeah. I, there's let's no, make no, him look no. completely ridiculous. Then throw him out there and watch the fans freak out. And then we'll just be like, Oh yeah, uh, we fixed it. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, no, that would. I, I, I don't know. I still don't think that would be a horrible idea. Is to it's say, a lot of money to throw try. out of possible yeah. publicity stunts. Yeah, yeah. And like, what if it comes out and people just go, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Like, <laughs> from I guess for this, the script is very much, you know, it goes along those lines of like Bumblebee or ET. It's one of those like, you know, misplaced aliens who is is kind of hiding from the government kind of setup. That's what the plot is basically like. So. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with Ian. I, I, I always liked playing. I like it. I liked playing the Sonic the Hedgehog games on my Sega and my Sega Genesis. You know, growing up. But like, I don't really have like this burning desire to go see a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's because the, the Super Mario Brothers movie destroyed. Say, we all learned yeah. that. <laughs> you... no, listen, I was I was here for Detective Pikachu. Like I was like day one. Like oh, this is gonna be oh, fantastic. Yeah. But like I don't know, something about Sonic just didn't yeah. didn't strike that same. Well, it's because I think Detective Pikachu was like, hey, look at this weird thing we're doing with Pokemon. Aren't you interested? <laughs> Whereas yeah. like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is like, look, it's Sonic the Hedgehog, but as a movie. <laughs> Right, yeah, <laughs> it, it's. I love how somebody said it's a uh, it's your typical cartoon character going on a road trip with a white middle aged male movie, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it surprised me. I'm I, Rob, you were right, I was wrong. It uh, it definitely did. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how many how much legs it has uh, and stays in the how how Sonic has two legs and they are very fast. Well, I I I hope that those legs stay in the theater for a little while because uh, you know and Tails has two tails. This is true. So Uh, I'm gonna I'm curious to see if if my prediction um, actually because I remember last week I was saying that it was gonna be number one this week and it's gonna go down to number eight next week. So that was my prediction last week. That's my concern too. Like that's how you'll know if it's actually a good movie. Right. It's going to stay in the top million three. is still a great well, opening weekend for a for a second tier comic book kind of animated movie. That's an awesome opening. Right. But and if and it's still really in like a... the top five next week, that's some staying power. It's going it to be, be in, the it's next be in the top three. Yeah, it might end up being like Jumanji, where like we're just shocked that it's still there. So yeah, and there's not really anything to go up against it, like for a yeah. while. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, well. Uh, number two was Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of the One Harley Quinn. Now, this movie only dropped 47.6%, which really isn't all that bad for from week one to week two, but considering that it didn't do all that well as predicted in week one, it's kind of... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, a I total guess gross of barely sixty million. That's yeah, not uh, great. Now, one thing that that I think I mentioned that did I mention this last week where I thought that they should have named this movie like Harley yeah. Quinn, and yeah. you know, and, and then kind of hinted that it's the Birds, the Birds of Prey, Prey like yeah. as, as part yeah. of this cast. They they actually went back and they they renamed this this movie like a lot of a lot They're of doing rebranding you know, on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that that uh, that I kind of called that. Uh, not that I'm trying to, you know, say, "Ooh, I'm so <laughs> smart" or anything, but you know, it's interesting to see that that a lot of folks and even the studio kind of feels that, yeah, we might have uh, taken a misstep with the title on this one. Uh, um, it, it. I went and saw it last week, uh, and yeah, I I hadn't really seen many of the spoilers of the talk about it, and I'm sitting in it. I'm like, okay, so when do we actually get the Birds of Prey? Like. It's, yeah. it's just harley quinn yeah um, so and i think if they'd marketed it a little bit better with that i don't know if it makes the movie more appealing to people um if more people would have gone and seen it uh or if it just kind of would have performed the same but definitely seemed weird that it was marketed as a bird's prey movie that is a harley quinn movie yeah by and large featuring 79 percent harley quinn yeah. yeah yeah with birds of prey being really cool cameos ian have you seen this movie <laughs> yeah uh, i actually went and saw it uh last week um and yeah no it was it was even the parts with the birds of prey were mostly yeah. uh had audio of of harley <laughs> quinn over top of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ex- explaining who they were and where they came from um but that did not hinder my enjoyment of the film at all like i thought yeah like i was in and after watching it, I was like, okay, now actually that was really good. And then I saw how it was doing in the theaters. And I was like, oh, that kind of stings because this is the kind of movie that should be doing better. Like it's, it's DC kind of getting their footing back. Exactly. And and it's it's kind of their return to their other form when they're not trying to build a universe. They're just like, let it be fun. And it's yeah. fun. Focus on a good yeah. movie. Don't try to be Marvel. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I thought that, you know, bringing in the John Wick director, I can, I can never remember what his name is, but. Like you could definitely feel his his style in a lot of the fighting scenes, and which I thought was good because that kind of, you know, that's kind of what you want to see that style in those action scenes for a Harley Quinn movie. You want them to kind of be over the top because she's kind of an over the top character. Yeah, that's if one thing you can uh, say about Harley was... Quinn is over the top. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. Uh, I think people were saying that it was. It was like john wick like the action scenes felt like yeah. john wick, but the yeah. the director was actually kathy yan oh yeah they just brought in the john wick fight choreographer that's right oh is that was the was the actual brought in the fight because it definitely felt like that you could definitely mm-hmm. see that there were certain scenes that was just like oh my gosh this could be in a john wick movie so the, the stunts and the way that they were all like put together and the way they all flowed was yeah and Darren had that very much like never miss a beat style like continuously right. forward progression kind of action yeah it was uh it was good i was glad that uh i'm hoping that it, it kind of you know has some legs and maybe we'll see it in the top 10 here for for a few weeks uh number three was actually a a new movie uh it was fantasy island which i really 
I guess this is a new horror movie. I didn't realize yeah. that this is a horror movie. <laughs> this yeah, is, this is ridiculous. It's who, a who reboot. Des- yeah. yeah. Who decided to make this a horror movie? Like, okay, granted, it only they, they only made it for like seven million dollars. Yeah. So like the fact that it pulled in, I forget what it was, like 14 million, I 12 think. 12 or 13. Yeah. You know, uh yeah, it pulled in 12.35 million. So it definitely made money, but why? I, I mean, actually, I, I have to say, having watched Fantasy Island when it was actually on TV, because I'm that old, um, there were a couple of times when they would do scary things, like right. for scary at that time for TV, you know, like, ooh, a ghost in a white sheet. Ah. And I actually kind of enjoyed those episodes when it was a little bit less happy, feely, fun times kind of thing, instead of like, it wasn't, it wasn't so much... A lot of Fantasy Island was a moral lesson. You know, it was, oh, you've come to the island to do this, but really what you need is that. So it was kind of neat to see them actually go with a complete suspense, thriller, horror kind of vibe. Right. Um, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's connecting with, I mean, I, I, oh, they God, made money. Oh, it's not going to so... find an audience. All of its audience is my age. That's not right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Number four was uh, another new movie called The Photograph, which I hear is getting some really good reviews. I haven't, uh, uh, I haven't really seen what it is. I think it's basically, I think it's a romantic. Yeah, it's a romantic drama. So of course, over the weekend with Valentine's Day, it definitely uh, there, there really wasn't any other option for that type of genre. So, hmm. so uh, it's not surprising that 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 movie did well in its d- debut. Which I don't, again, I don't think that was a big budget uh, movie at all. Uh, number five was uh, Bad Boys for Life, which is finally dropping. It was number two last week. It's number five this week. It's finally letting go. Finally, finally kind of letting go of its, yeah, grip, I guess. I don't know. I can't, I still can't believe I mean, it that, didn't, that movie It didn't is... go down by that much. So it's really only a big drop because we had three new movies come out. <laughs> like, it's holding on. People like, had crazy. a choice now. I'm sorry. Ian, are, are you a bad boys fan? Like, are you are you a fan of these movies? Because I don't I don't get these movies. Like, I don't understand why we needed a new a new one. Uh, I under, I understand what Michael Bay does and and how how right. he how he does things. <laughs> and there are some Michael Bay movies that I'm like, all right, um, I will I will throw my brain out the window and I will watch <laughs> this. And I not my I won't ask questions. I'll just I'll just take it for what it is. Sure. Um, but yeah, Bad Boys is never I don't know never really locked in. I don't understand. I I, I get. But hey, I guess it's not for me to understand why there is an audience for this movie. I mean, it's um, the same reason there's an audience for this movie. It's the same reason there's 20 million Fast and the Furious movies. This is true. Or that there were three Shanghai noons. Hey, sure yeah <laughs> wait shanghai night no shanghai nights was great i like that movie they, they, there were not three shanghai movies. noon movies i thought there was three there's there's shanghai, that they're filming the third one shanghai nights i may need to go watch something tonight oh, man. <laughs> uh, it might be that they're gonna film a third one yeah oh, okay shanghai mornings uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh odd little tidbit uh we went to uh drum heller for vacation once down by calgary in alberta and there is a little saloon down at the end of this uh row that you have to cross like 11 bridges to get to it's really odd um that is one of the saloons uh, that they used in the movie i don't know why so weird it's out in the middle of nowhere in a backwater in a corner of Drumheller, like off the beaten path and somehow they ended up filming part of the movie there wow sorry that was a really bad owen wilson 
<laughs> just didn't sound like him at all. Uh, number th- number six was uh, 1917, which is doing very well in the theaters as well. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, it's kind of living off of the uh, the, the notoriety of the uh, awards that it's been winning. Uh, let's see here. Oh, we're gonna get to number seven, Barney. What's this? What's this, Barney? What is this? This is this is this might be the prediction that I made last week. I I think I made a prediction about the number eleven movie. I, so, I can't remember what what was what did I say last week, Barney? I forget this what is, it this was. Is, this, this is you know this is my time to eat some crow. So I think we've been eating some crow all night. I think a lot of us are eating crow tonight. So yeah, that's <laughs> I'm true. not eating much crow here. <laughs> not you but we'll find something <laughs> no as i said when we talked about it i said you know no because people can watch it on we watch it at home i don't see why it would go up and uh uh and as i say i and what what, what was it what, what what i i i'm i still haven't heard doug was right Doug was I'd say you were technically correct. Why okay. don't we say the right. name of oh. the movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Number 7 number technically 7 was correct is the best kind of correct. <laughs> number 7 was uh Parasite. And this movie actually went up by 245.3% yep. and added 941 screens um because of the fact that uh, it won the Oscar for best picture. Uh, I watched it last weekend and like I said I was going to and hands down, I see why this movie was the be- won the won the Oscar. Wow! Did anybody else see? It? Has anybody else seen Parrot? I have not seen it. No, it's not playing here right now. I I got I, I got to get I got to watch it. It's, it's on I, my list now. I really like this movie, and it's in. It's one of those movies where, as you're watching it, you don't quite. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of stuff that, that, that you kind of realize what the director's going for after the fact. And I, I want to watch it again because even after I was sat there and like, I was like thinking about the movie, like afterwards, I'm like, oh, you know, that represents this and that, oh, that was huh. foreshadowing. Oh, and like, there's just a lot of things that you're just like, oh, wow, this is a little more, deeper than than i thought and it's it's really really good and i don't want to spoil it but yeah if you haven't watched it you need to go watch it um it is i will tell folks it is subtitled so you know just be prepared that you're not it's not one of those movies where you're gonna have to be like if you're watching it at home you can't be on like your cell phone and watch at the same time not that any of us do that, but I think the only time that I've ever had problems with subtitles was uh, in IMAX. Oh, is that <laughs> we got oh, twenty feet we, tall? We, yeah. yeah, we were sat very, very close. We got there. Oh. Like, I think it was the Avengers, and it was like one scene where Black Widow is speaking in Russian, and like we had to like look down and then look up and then look yeah. down and then look up. <laughs> or you're looking way over here and then way yeah. over there and then way over here. <laughs> I watch everything with subtitles because I'm old. <laughs> really do you watch everything with subtitles oh, close um, yeah, usually when when if the kids are in bed and we're watching netflix or a movie uh yeah we watch it with subtitles we keep you the volume, watch something like, really entertaining just high enough to hear it but uh with subtitles watch something with described video like something sci-fi with described <laughs> video because those people get it so wrong so <laughs> often that it makes it's like watching mst3k for free 
Oh, I was amazing. Say, is it like Google Translate where like they very much so? Yeah. 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 I love uh, Netflix, though, because whoever does the subtitles for some of their shows uh, has a sense of humor. Like you'll be watching a comedy and somebody's like going off in Spanish and they'll be like gasps in Spanish. <laughs> it's just it's like well, little, little tiny things thrown in. Well, it's funny, Ian, that you brought it when you're, you're saying that you couldn't watch that the, the words were too big. And I just imagine saying, well, yeah, I'd like to, but you know, but the words are too big. It's like, come on, Ian, you're a smart guy. What do you mean the words are too big? No, they're physically too big. Like, I really <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, wait, did, so, so I got my technically Doug was, was right. Right. I think did, did we get that. I'll, I'll I, that we got that on record, right? Did, it, did I just want to make sure that the, the recording, you know, I've got a clear recording for the podcast. Well, if you need to edit something out, Doug, you can edit that for time. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I think I'm glad I was sick last week. <laughs> so I don't have to eat crow at all. Wow. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, see here. Number eight was Jumanji, which man, that movie pulled in 305 million. That's ridiculous. There's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a Jumanji movie. Anyway, uh, number four was Doolittle. And number 10 was a number was a debut last weekend of a movie that is just getting raked over the coals. It is downhill. (laughs) This is Um, a real movie. Everyone said, why (laughs) was this made? This movie. Okay, so I'm going to tell folks a little bit. This is actually a remake of a French film, I think is what it was. I can't remember what. Uh, It was a Swedish film. And... Uh, this is actually one of the movies that 20th Century Fox had that Disney inherited with their buyout. So okay. it was already in the in the studio. It was already done and everything. And they just, I'm guessing, like, I mean, we we chatted a little bit about this before uh, leading up to to this show. Um, Jason, you know, you you mentioned that this is probably just free money for them at this point just to put it in theaters yeah, and hopefully it was already it, in the can know, they already some... owned it i mean they they've it's already, already bought and paid for it you may as well just chuck it in the theater and see what it does i mean you've already made the investment i mean whether it makes no money or a little bit of money it's still making something back yeah they're barely advertising it too like i haven't yeah seen on it no they have not done any press for it at all. i've really. seen a lot of ads for it on hulu but that's of course owned by disney so so it's yeah. free yeah, I, I I've heard that the, this movie is even though Will Will Ferrell's in it, it's very. I think that might be the problem, Doug. Well, no, I think because I, he doesn't play like an over the top. I think uh, like a comp. Does he like, play Will Ferrell playing a character? Because that's yeah. usually what Will Ferrell's doing. Man, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Stranger than fiction, I liked a lot. That was Stranger a great fiction movie. Was fantastic. They, Elf they, is still the best. They've said I liked him in Lego. Is, Oh yeah, I like the William movie too. Step Brothers? No. Oh, come on. What? So you much like room Step for Brothers? activities. That movie was terrible. Oh, I <laughs> love so, it's, that movie is a guilty pleasure of mine, man. So it's become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I can taste it on my tongue. So they've said that this movie is very painfully awkward and very um like it's it's like when your parents are fighting and like you just don't want to like like i don't know it's just it's like very where, where where they're fighting and they don't really like talk to each other the whole time and like it's just it's like not comfortable awkward silences <laughs> so, are awkward for everybody yeah so like why would you want a 90 minute movie of that 
I bet Regardless it. Regardless of how a, like few few jokes there are in it, I bet it would be a good script for like say like a off Broadway play or something. But maybe yeah, not good for movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I mean that's uh, it, we'll see what uh, what the top ten looks like next week. Uh, next next week we do have a couple, or this weekend we do have a couple new movies uh, coming out, which is uh, Fox Disney's uh, Jack London adaptation of Call of the Wild, which of course stars Harrison Ford. Uh, which we just heard that uh, that he just started uh, production on the next Indiana Jones movie. I don't Call know the Wild, a Star Wars story, right? That's what it, <laughs> I, I've seen some trailers for this. I saw some trailers for it last what, two weeks ago. This doesn't look that great. I don't know. We'll see. He, he, like, from the trailers I've seen, he looks very awkward in the role. Is that the one with the very you know, CG dog? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. See, he's used, he's used to not being around like giant furry CG animals. He's used to being like in the room with a giant furry animal. So, uh, and then this the other movie that's debuting this weekend is uh, Bram's The Boy Two. Now, this kind of tells you something right here that this movie was previously slated for release back in July, and then they rescheduled it to December, and now it's coming out. In the middle of February, so they're definitely trying to like <laughs> just find their in opening. Some place yeah. where it won't get crushed. <laughs> Ian called it right up. They're just trying to sneak it right into the schedule somewhere, and hopefully, it uh, picks up an audience. Yeah, it doesn't get absolutely hammered to death. People walk into the wrong theater and just sit down for a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already uh, here. I, I don't even remember the boy, the first movie. Does anybody? I have no knowledge of this. Isn't this, it was, isn't this it's like a horror movie kind yeah. of set in the Conjuring world? Or oh, is am I it? thinking of a different doll? It probably is. It's probably Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah, oh. it kind of reminds me of Annabelle, that kind of whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I just looked at the at the posters and stuff real quick. It's a doll. Yeah, yeah it's it's basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a it's male Annabelle. Okay. Thought they were connected, yeah. but maybe not. It might be. They could be. All the, all these horror movies seem like they're in some shared universe at, at some point. Yeah, honestly, it's the yeah. universe of bad movies. I mean, the universe of terrible filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Yay! It's a shared It's a shared well, cinematic universe. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like a lot of horror movies, they don't have a whole lot of huge. They don't have huge budgets, so it's not really all that no. much to kind. They of also don't have a lot of ingenuity or originality either. <laughs> the the, la- the lazy jump scare verse. Basically, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. The Nun, yeah. Annabelle, The Conjuring. The Ring. Um, wow, you're bashing a whole lot of movies, Jason. We're gonna lose a ton no, of No, just saying. It's very. Now. It's a very similar, similar yeah, trope. You know, is. it's like, it hey, is. look, a creepy thing, and then ah, oh, it's right in your face. Child needs more movies like Leprechaun. <laughs> yes, Do we? Leprechaun and uh, and, and, and Leprechaun Critters. in space. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gotta go to space. Yes, that's gonna do it for the box office beat. Let's get to the pop culture corner. Brought to you by StoryComic.com. All right. Barney Smith, what do you got for us in the pop culture corner? So I, there hasn't been a lot of like big, big things, but there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of pop culturally, pop culturally things that. Is that a word? About, That's a word. It, it is it, now. It is now. It's canon but, now. Yeah. Uh, wh- one is they, we had two trailers that came out, teaser trailers that came out this past week. One oh, was for Stranger Things 4. And so I don't know. Did you guys watch the Stranger I, Things four trailer? I yeah, did. I, did. And I think it was the 
a really, really bad move on Netflix's part. It what? was terrible. Yeah. What? They you're revealing the whole. That. They're, is that burying the, the lead? Tension. Is that pretty you're, much what you're doing? Yeah, you're killing the tension with it. I think you have to. I think you have to say, "Hey, you should watch this. Don't be angry that we did this thing. It wasn't. It wasn't real." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty. I, I'm just. I'm just in my mind. It is just going to be the prequel to Black Widow. This is how he. <laughs> this is how he becomes indoctrinated into the ballet studio. Becomes the the, the Russian. Uh, it was a Marvel tie-in all along. But there's not, not really, I mean, the, the other than the reveal that Hopper is not dead and he's in this, like, Russian prison camp, like, there wasn't really anything else that was revealed, right? I mean, no, that well, was pretty much so that's why whole... I didn't like it. It was so unoriginal because as soon as they showed them all, all these guys banging away on that railroad thing, I was like, well, obviously one of these people is Hopper. Yeah. I mean, there's no point to that shot otherwise. for You don't see 11, like, banging on... You don't see Eleven being in in the no. uh, in the prison camp. I can see that they're using her brain else. to drive spikes in, but <laughs> and also too, if you think about it, they just like the, at the end of season three, they said no, leave the American in. Like they said something, so you there yeah, was. I mean, you knew he wasn't dead. Yeah, right. There's but... no way. I don't know. Kill off their star guy. So here's 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 the thing. Uh, Dennis uh, McCollum just uh, mentioned in the chat. Um. Pretty much everybody knew that he was alive after the end of the last season. Um, he, he also makes a good point that uh, they, they just want him there so they can do a press tour with Hopper. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you got to have got to have David Harbour going around. Hi, hyping your, and, and especially since they've announced that this is the last season of Stranger Things as well. I hadn't I, heard that. I, I am very glad to hear that, actually. I'm hoping they ended on a high note. Yeah, and it, you want you always want to end it on a high note. the the best yeah. The best stories and the best that the best stories are the ones that end want you wanting more. So, yeah. and the other thing that popped out as well this past uh, just actually I think it got it dropped today is the uh, Amazing Stories trailer, and it, this is one of those things that really makes me want to look at Apple Plus, Apple TV. Yeah, I'm really they annoyed that so, it's on Apple TV. There's so many. I've been looking. There's so many good shows that are on there. Uh, I'm I'm so frustrated that I can't see it. And then, but what, if you haven't seen the trailer for it, it's really good. They're they're coming out with five. So I, for those that don't know, Amazing Stories is basically it was like the. Uh, the, the only competition for the twilight zone really back in there in the 80s and it really is now it, and it has that still that magical it's the sci-fi fantasy flavor that uh that is uh that is like black mirror basically but it looks and the the thing that made amazing stories stick out in comparison to the the twilight zone or black mirror is that it it's also their the stories are kind of inspiring in a way it's like sci-fi but happy endings so and that if you haven't seen that trailer you should check it out the other two things that ha- the other things that happened this week is that we've had that the uh, the pop culture folks on the internet are freaking out about are two images that have been leaked that people are talking about one is the batman oh yeah oh, robert Alan. pattinson yeah 
Okay. What I, people are loving about this <laughs> is that it looks like it's the mecha Batman, the one that's like like the rich guy in the garage built this stuff well, instead well, of the. Oh, go here's, ahead. Here's what I heard about about this. Of course, the the bat symbol is is metallic in like in, in his costume right there. Yeah. And I don't know if you've Kevin Smith is he's directing this right or he's part of the director isn't kevin or, i thought kevin smith was, was somehow in, involved in this at some uh, point or or kevin smith maybe, made maybe what's on script writing duty could be but know matt reeves is the director okay he's the director but they said that uh the kevin smith wrote a, a, a batman comic at one point where he goes and gets the pistol that killed his parents like he goes on some like and then he takes that pistol and makes it part of his suit and if you look at the suit that bat symbol looks like it's made out of like holsters or like the the, the handle grips of of a pistol so they're thinking that that whoever you know the director is basically taking this the kevin smith that storyline and incorporating that into this movie which would be an interesting take on wow it really does kind of doesn't it yeah. kind of look like yeah yeah that's so the theory going around that yeah, saying ahead, that um that it is the you know the pistol that joe chill used on his parents that had been like in some museum or something for twisted (laughs) evil people and batman went and got it took it and then like yeah in in that comic he kind of like puts it underneath the bat symbol and he's like it's gonna protect it's it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna take this thing that's done evil and make it do good like right which i think is a great uh you know i think that's that's a cool way to kind of make this this version of batman kind of unique and that's the thing like unlike some of the other unlike some of the other dc heroes you pretty much have you know one or two like versions of them where batman there are so many different types of people will play up different types of batman you know it's it's yeah and you know is he the one that's like the the expert in hand-to-hand combat you know or, or is he the one the the classic one that we finally that we started off with is like is it the gadget batman is it the and this is the one this is the rich man built this in his garage batman it looks like is this what this suit's gonna i've look also like? heard too that the movie is gonna be more of the uh detective style right so we're yeah ba- we're, we're gonna, gonna be see a lot batman less doing more yeah. sleuthing yeah and i also him using his brain the, more uh, than his bronze this is the first batman costume where the eyes are covered Similar to Daredevil's mask. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty think, cool. Have they said whether or not this is the, a Bruce Wayne Batman or if it's like another very another variation of Batman? Like a, it is. Damian it, Wade. They they have said it's Bruce. No, Wayne? it is. It is Bruce Wayne. And oh, okay. and I think the script are doing. There's a there's a few there's a few points where they think this is going to be one of these Arkham Knight type ones where I can't remember the name of the the name of the the storyline that they're basing this off of where he does go to, cause you have, you have a whole rogues gallery is going to be there. As you say, you know, they already have Zoe Kravitz casted as Catwoman. You got yeah. Colin Farrell as the penguin, Paul Dano as the Riddler. You have the whole list of different hero uh, villains that are going to be in this movie. So it's not just going to be the same. It's going to be, as you said, it's going to be a, a, a detective. It's going to be a mystery based 
Batman, which is another version of Batman that we've never really seen is the detective, not the superhero, but the, the actual detective. Right. That's how he started. Yeah. Batman was in detective comics. So he was trying, a masked detective. So. Trying to figure out what storyline you're talking about. I have like two shelves worth of Batman comics. <laughs> <laughs> See, we get, at them. Look at that. We, we have a the Batman one, expert on right. the, the cast. And so. It was the, I can't, I, I'd have to look it up again. Long Halloween, Halloween, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's Long Halloween. The Long Halloween. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That one is very much a mystery detective based kind of story. And it has the villains. It has like a whole rogues gallery of villains are, mm-hmm. are a big part of it. So, and the, so that's the good part about the image leak. The other image leak that came out that people are, that are shaking their fists at and are, are now guffawing at is the image of the, the leak of uh, cheetah that came out. The cheetah. Leak. Yes. So, well, is, the, it, is the, it Chester cheetah? No, no Wonder Woman. <laughs> I hate that guy. He always takes my uh, cheesy puffs. So the the biggest feedback that people have posted on Twitter about it is, uh, as they're make they're they're making allusions to the you know the movie Cats. I mean, so it's, oh no. So that's that was the other leak that happened this way. And so, and I think we're probably by the time this drops. Um, as a podcast, we'll already see the second trailer for Wonder Woman. They're saying they're going to have a second trailer for Wonder Woman coming out this week. Oh, nice! Where they're actually going to be showing Cheetah in it. So, and and with that, there's there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up that's actually kind of related to okay. pop culture. It's a uh, the pop culture corner and. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. There has been a uh, slew, I wouldn't say a slew, but there's uh, on YouTube of the deep fakes. Oh, I saw these. The deep fakes with with Back to the Future. If you haven't seen them. They're amazing. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Is very creepy seeing the side-by-side comparison. It's it's almost like an alternate reality. (laughs) It really is. Oh my gosh. Like... (laughs) This is like I've stepped into some parallel universe. Yeah. And I I, I I kept having to go back and forth. I was like, what? No, wait, this is the original. That's the new one. This is the original. That's the new one. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland. And I and I I bring it up because it's back to the future and it's also, you know, an homage to Tom Holland and uh and Robert Downey Jr. from the from the MCU world. So yeah. But that's all. That's that's all I had. Was just some of those. That's all you got for uh, for pop culture this week. That's awesome. All, like eleven things, but yeah, that's yeah. all he's got. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's it's uh, it'll it's uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, that brings us to our featured content, and that of course is the one and only Ian Moss. Whoa. Ian, what's going on? You're blowing up Kickstarter, my friend. <laughs> It's a, it's a, I would say it's a small explosion. It's a media. <laughs> no, do, do it's, it's, it's doing good. Now, for folks that uh, might not uh, might might not be familiar with you, you want to just introduce yourself, tell your folks a little bit about who you are, what you, what you do, give us some of your. I mean, your your resume is is getting pretty pretty hefty at this point. You've worked on some pretty some pretty good stuff, uh, which uh, you know. Let's 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 name it. Let's list it off. 
Um, so yeah, so I'm a full-time game designer. I work on board games and now starting to kind of delve into RPGs a little bit. And I also do live streams uh, every week on Facebook. Um, some of the games you might know is the Dulosaur Island, which is the two-player version of Dinosaur Island. I also kind of, because of Dulosaur Island, was asked if, to help with the Totally Liquid expansion for the base game Dinosaur Island, so that was super awesome. Um, and now there is Wonderland's War currently yeah. on Kickstarter. This uh, It's awesome. And this is a game that uh, I've been looking forward to for quite some time. Um, when James Hudson, who of course this game is is being published by uh, Druid City Games and Skybound Games, and uh, James has been teasing uh, art for this game for for quite some time, and and uh, as soon as I saw the art, I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. this is so good, and uh, I immediately started it immediately piqued my interest um, because uh, the artist on this is is as Manny Trembley, and uh, he's just the just a great uh, great artist. And uh, then I, I, it was announced that you were involved in this project. And I'm like, oh, my word, this is awesome. This is, <laughs> this is great. Doug um, literally called me up and he was like, oh, my word. <laughs> Ian. I can't believe um, you said that, Doug. What's that? Yeah. I can't believe what? you said, oh, my word. Oh, my word. <laughs> pip, pip, um, cheerio. We should go to the club. What do mm. more? <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about how long you've been uh, working on this uh, on this game for for uh, Druid City. Um, so this one is definitely over a year, probably a year and a half, maybe rounding into the into the two year territory uh, from like inception all the way to this. It's taken many many different forms. It has grown and shrunk, um, but now it is uh, kind of what you see, uh, which is now, which is like a bag builder with uh drafting and area control um all kind of wrapped in this new wonderland uh that is very different um yeah. but also very familiar to the one that you know so so this this game kind of takes place after alice has, has visited wonderland and now from what i understand the weirdness and all that stuff is starting to leave wonderland and now like all these factions are coming back to bring the weirdness back or like unite the weirdness again i I guess uh there's so much there's so much lore and so much story to this this kickstarter campaign that's hard to keep up with this but uh it's it's a really great uh great premise Uh, i'm i'm just still trying to figure out how it all fits in with the uh with the original story yeah, so the the madness for some reason or another uh, at this point, it is not clearly explained as to why it's happening, but the madness is starting to leave Wonderland. Uh, the Cheshire in the very first narrative says that uh, when Alice sort of first touched, uh, touched down into Wonderland, she brought with her the first grasp, like the very first uh, little sliver of sanity. And then because of that, it's kind of just spiraled and it's, it's sort of, it's, it's grown out. It's, it's outgrown and, 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 and flourished in Wonderland into this sort of like wave of sanity that's kind of taking over everything. And so, yeah, the factions themselves are trying to bring back, well, their version of madness to Wonderland. And they, you know, uh, everyone has their own motivations. So Alice, of course, is trying to get to the bottom of this. Like, why did this happen? Is this really my fault? Um, if 
she has to fight to make that happen well that's you know she will do it she's very determined <laughs> uh the red queen upon seeing how her bumbling normally bumbling uh henchmen are now less bumbling because there's you know they are all <laughs> they're all sane so now mm -hmm. they're actually pretty effective as a fighting force uh she's going to take this opportunity to do what she couldn't do before which is take over wonderland um and make it remake it in her image the mad hatter just wants a tea party um and with sanity no one really cares about your unbirthday anymore uh, no one cares if it's your 112th oh. unbirthday. If you take so, away the mad and hatter, you just got a guy with a hat. So right. <laughs> so the tea has gone cold in his tea party, and that is that has sparked a fire inside of him, and he's going to take over Wonderland and make sure that there is only a giant tea party left when he's done. Um, I love that sanity is the problem in this game. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was going to make it when you, when you were describing this and how like the sliver of, of uh, sanity uh, is the problem. I was going to say that's kind of the reverse effect of this podcast where we brought Jason in and the sliver of insanity kind of just spread <laughs> to, to this podcast. And just because I'm Canadian doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm bringing an imbalance to the force here. <laughs> <laughs> I you're supposed to be the chosen that. one yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> i just smile a lot and people trust me it's not my fault <laughs> but uh, and yeah. i'm sorry so so there's there's what there's five different factions in here and mm -hmm. there's the jabber jabberwock yeah jabberwock is uh formerly of the poem uh, right of, of fame of the poem and he's gotten very annoyed that no one believes that he actually exists anymore it's been such a long time that they've sort of forgotten him uh so he comes back in this moment of sanity uh and the rest of wonderland and decides that it's time that he shows them through teeth and claw that he is very much real i love that he looks like a cranky old man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, he's, he's like a very like get off my lawn kind of yeah it's it's just it's it's amazing and these have like there's there's two different versions of this game there's a retail version and then there's a deluxe version which uh has this these really amazing minis yeah they are very cool i see i see tweedledee and tweedledum are are, are question mark J jason sure i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> jason you can't talk about that stuff yet it's not revealed yet <laughs> oh come on it looks like what maybe the white queen and then uh who else do we got there? Maybe. Jason. Uh, I mean, I Rob, 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 I was going to say, I'm going to say, because I blame you for everything, Jason. <laughs> Jason, this is all your fault. Rob, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't try to get Ian to give us early reveals. <laughs> Spilling stretch goals. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I really, I will I really, say he's not. He's not 100% wrong, but he's not 100% right. <gasps> oh. I, I will like, I, I will say that I, I really appreciate uh, this campaign and the fact that you're doing like daily reveals and you're doing like, you've got this narrative uh, campaign that's going on, which I really, uh, I love. Uh, I love Kickstarter campaigns that do this just because it's not about how much money can we raise and get everybody, you know, kind of excited, but yet, you know, I mean, I know what stretch goals are at this point. It's it's a marketing tactic, which is fine. I, I'm not, and I'm not bashing it by any means. It's just, 
like it's nice to know that okay we've already factored these into our project we're just going to start revealing them you know each day and kind of build the hype that way and build it naturally rather than just go yeah. oh well, we've hit this much amount of money we're going to throw this in where you know it's it's usually baked into that any anyway <laughs> um so I, and i really uh, i really appreciate the appreciate the, this campaign for that um i like it as an engagement concept actually like yeah well, so many kickstarters it's like bam here's our kickstarter right. yeah we have 11 stretch goals okay we funded two days later here's our first stretch goal update six days after that here's our next stretch goal update two weeks later hey we've reached the midpoint thanks for getting us here time to push towards the end you know it's the standard kickstarter trope but with the with this one it's like hey we've got something for you now and then there's something more for you now it's not related to anything in particular it's just we're revealing more now and more now to keep people coming back and to keep people interested instead of saying oh i backed this and then 28 days later they're like oh wait final 48 hours oh yeah i did back that <laughs> why did why did my card get charged what did yeah I like what did i buy again you know? um in uh what else you said that this this game has has taken a lot of forms over this last you know year plus or whatever um what are some of the uh the design things that maybe that got cut in this final version i, I always like to ask this from designers because it's always interesting to see where the process what the thought process is and i always i love getting to know like kind of like okay we wanted to put this in but eh, it just didn't feel right you know, for some reason <laughs> So this is like the uh, the mother of all like things that were cut from from a game. This game was very much not this game as of like a year ago. Okay. <laughs> so if you if you rewind to about a year ago, this game would have still been called a worker placement game with area control. Okay. And it was it was a game of two halves. One half was the area con or the worker placement, where you are gathering your forces and stuff like that. It was very similar to kind of what you're doing now with the drafting, but in this instance, you were placing out just kind of groups of workers or pulling back your workers. Um, and there were certain spots that you just don't get your workers back from. Architects of the West Kingdom came out. We're like, yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but but it's fine like the the system worked and then you would go through the looking glass and then on the other side of the looking glass was this kind of area control like tactical movement thing and for a very long time it was you did all of one and then you did all of the other so you would you would you would do like half of the game with worker placement and gathering up all this stuff and trying to like complete as many of these like little mini objectives that you've set for yourself as you can. And then you like flip the board over or move to the other board. And now you're in this area control game for the rest of the game. Um, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that was, that was the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come up with use, utilizing the, the, the Lewis Carroll, the, the Wonderland as a, as a setting then? Uh, so that was actually an instance of theme first. Okay. Uh, yeah. oh, James okay. Hudson does a lot of things where he just gets inspired by something. And I believe he had seen Manny's art on like Dice Throne and stuff. Um, and to kind of go farther back, the original Title Blades was originally themed as an Alice in Wonderland game. Oh, interesting. Really? And then that, that got changed. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, there was this thing with Tidal Blades 
part one, which is the Eisner's game, and then part two, which is John and I's kind of follow-up dungeon crawler thing that we're working on, um, where they both had different themes, but he was really in love with the artwork of Mr. Cunnington. And they really wanted to like kind of make their own world and kind of explore those sorts of things. And he said, well, here's these two games. If you can find something like a world that you want to make or you know a theme that you think would work with both of these games, we'll put both of them into that world and you guys control the world, like all of the lore, everything. And they jumped on that opportunity. So the Alice in Wonderland game got rethemed to Tidal Blades Part 1. Our dungeon crawler game, which was going to be a Grim Forest themed game, but then obviously is now going to be Tidal Blades Part 2. So James still had this uh, idea of a Wonderland game in his head, and then he saw the art of Manny Trimbley and was like, this is the person that's going to bring this game to life. <laughs> <laughs> so we and got yeah, an this email. This is the sort of thing where art's going to be a huge thing too, yeah. Yeah. So we got an email and it just it had like a mock-up of a cover and 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 he had made like a little mini sculpt already <laughs> cuz like he just gets so excited that he's just like I made this thing look at it and so we're like <laughs> so I'm already seven steps make, ahead of you make a game <laughs> right <laughs> and so we're like yes this looks amazing but what if we did something different <laughs> he's like what do you mean it's like well I think that one was called Alice's Wonderland was the name of that of like the concept in his head originally. Um, and we're like, well, what if we approach this a different way? And I, I kind of go into this in my design diary uh, that I posted on BGG recently. Yeah, that was really good. Um, which is talking about like Wonderland is a strange place. And so if you're going to do something with Wonderland, it should be equally strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do you mm-hmm. take something that's familiar and make it as strange as the source material wants it to be? Right. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of landed on like, what if, like, this is kind of a, a job of like two halves, like something familiar, something strange. Like, what if the game is a game of two halves? What if it's, you know, like one half is collecting, gathering, and like, get, you know, and what do you do with all this stuff? Oh, well, you have these fun Wonderland style mega battles, you know? <laughs> so that was kind of where we were like, oh, okay, so a game of two halves in Wonderland going to war wonderland's war all right we got it let's go forward from there <laughs> when i watched the uh the initial gameplay uh footage there that doug linked us to earlier um my first thought was this is bizarrely chaotic and then i thought it's wonderland's war it's supposed to be like it's 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 almost thematic for it to be that kind of level of what's going on oh look at it there's something over here no now there's something over there now i've got to do something over here and and at the end of the day you still you have your guy your your faction that you're doing your thing for and when everything's said and done you kind of just pull it all back and you're like okay this is where i am now and then we move on from here and it gets right back into the chaos again i thought that was kind of a neat concept like uh intentional or not it just it comes across that way and that's really cool and I, yeah. I love, yeah, I, I would have never guessed that like, you know, like this drafting, worker placement, bag building, like combination would work like as well. It looks like it works really, really well. I love pusher, your pusher luck games anyway. Like, and, and so to put that into this game with the, with the bag, uh, with the bag mechanic, just 
I, I don't know. Like Jason said, it's it's kind of like you, you look at it and you think it's like, oh my gosh, there's a lot going along here yeah. going on here. But I it's one of those games where I think once you get a, a round through, you get you get you're like, oh wow, this is really cool. Like this is yeah. even though there's like all these different mechanics, it really meshes really, really well. That was a lot of uh just shaving down edges of puzzle pieces to try and make them fit properly. <laughs> um like like the the worker placement and stuff we were like okay well that's like it, it works it does the thing some of the stuff in there we are definitely exploring in future games in this world uh, because some of those mechanics do not work in the current game but boy those are going to be fun to explore in the future <laughs> um, okay and so you have you have like the worker placement was just not clicking with the kind of the other part of it and then we kind of found the bag building element and we're like okay well, now the worker placement just feels like it's taking too long to get to the fun stuff, which is like battling with your bags. So and I were like, I mean, worker placement is basically like a complex version of drafting a card, but you have to get the resources to draft the card to put the stuff yeah. in your bag. Mm -hmm, so if we mm -hmm. just go with you draft the card to put the stuff in your bag, that eliminates an entire step <laughs> yeah, and gets you back into the flow of like, okay, draft the things battle with the things draft the things battle with the things and which is what we really wanted and where we saw the most engagement in our play tests um dennis uh, dennis has a question uh who's uh, who's in the uh, the youtube chat uh dennis asks is there a sweet spot with the player count some games drag on with too many players and players get disengaged like Catan uh, bogs down with with more than five, yet isn't quite as good at three as it is at four. You know, uh, Ian, what what are you? Uh, I know that there's a two. This this game uh, supports two to five players. Uh, there are some some rules that are different for just two players, uh, from what I can tell. Um, but what's what would you say is kind of the sweet spot for for the player count for this game? Um, as far as the sweet spot, I mean, we've we've tested it the most heavily at, I would say, four players, right? Okay. Like, that is yep. all of the factions working in concert, and we knew the Cheshire was going to be the fifth faction, so we've also tested at five players. Um, and so all of that works really well, and the scaling done down to three and two players works really well. Um, for the, the, like, all the battles are simultaneous, mm -hmm. and we've uh the downtime and stuff which was kind of one of the bigger problems during the design is like if you're not in a battle you can only care so much about the people who are in a battle mm -hmm, <laughs> like we mm -hmm. get it you're gonna keep pulling your jabberwock it's fine you're big and gross <laughs> like it's we get it uh, <laughs> um so more recently and this is in like some of the play test or playthrough videos and not other ones because this is sort of a newer thing that we added that we really love like we tested internally before like releasing it on the world um and it was the wager mechanic so if you're not in a battle you get to secretly bid on who you think is going to win that battle and oh you can wager a token from the uh a chip from the supply like any level one chip that you want you're like oh i'm gonna take that one i think you put a card face down says i think this player is going to win i bid this this chip on it and if you're right you add that chip to your bag immediately if you're wrong you take more shards but it's still fun to wager so it's not like <laughs> shards are bad but they're never like a, oh i don't really want to wager right now because i'm going to take two shards like it's not yeah. ever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what i will say about two players is if i ever make a game 
that does not play well at two players, I'm pretty sure the Funkhausers will kill me. <laughs> the criteria list begins there. Right. <laughs> two players must have. <laughs> they were they were such big fans of Dulosaur Island. And so when they were this, like Derek was like, does it, do we have a two player stuff yet? Do we have two player roles? And I'm like, patience, patience. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian, have you uh, with this system, this gaming system that you've that's that that you have for 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 Wonderland Wars, have you thought about utilizing that in that same genre? Because I love uh, the Lewis Carroll stuff. Have you ever thought about utilizing that with other quote unquote, I guess maybe public domain Victorian era children's book stuff, like say like Oz or like Peter Pan or something along those lines as well? Uh, I I had not until you said that. Only <laughs> <laughs> scribbling notes. Right, just Get rights to these things. TM 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 TM. <laughs> because I I look at it, it has that same. Because you want it, you don't want to. Because I was also thinking from that era, as you would also have, you know, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, but Dracula. That would be, that wouldn't I don't think would fit with 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 the style of the of what the game feels like. Right. So, uh, and I know too, is like, I've been reading to my girl, the, uh, the, uh, um, Oz books. There's 15 books, by the way, there's 15 books that, yeah, that Frank L. Baum wrote. So it's, it's, it's pretty expansive, the world of Oz. And it's always been that always is that thing between Wonderland and Oz has always kind of had this, um, almost this rivalry between the two. So. Yeah, no, but I was thinking because I think the system you have put, you created and put it in place is would be great in a, in a series of these types of games that have that same that that have that same um, era of it of itself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there are things that I've worked on where I've kind of thought like while I'm working on it, I was like, oh, this isn't like this isn't just this thing for this game. This is a system like we can make this. Yeah, and, like apply other IPs to it, change a little bit of the fundamentals, and then like here's this other game built on this the same framework. But I hadn't ever really had that thought about Wonderland's War because it always felt to me like something that was so like specific to so Wonderland? specifically attached to Wonderland and yeah. like this specific kind of like uh, like madness that we've applied to it. Uh, right. <laughs> That it, I didn't, I, I never really thought of it as something to use with another uh, IP. Well, I mean, you think like, for instance, like Peter Pan, you could have like the Lost Boys and the Pirates, and like you can kind of do similar things but instead of having be madness, it could be about forgetting or something along those lines. Right. So you yeah. just need to contact James Hudson to uh, see if he <laughs> wants to uh, <laughs> put together another, another, uh, another board game. Uh, so, uh, Ian, you've mentioned that, the, that there are some mechanics that you're thinking of implementing uh, that uh, aren't totally, uh, you're not quite sure if you're going to implement them or not. How, how much of this uh, game would you say is pretty much locked in at this point? Um, well, one of the great things about Kickstarter and it's something that we had kind of touched on before we started was like, you, you bring it, you bring things to Kickstarter to A, make sure that there's an audience for that thing right um but one of the things i really like about kickstarter is that b you get to take feedback from that audience sure right like you get to make sure that the people who are really excited about this thing are getting the thing that they're really excited about mm. 
Um, and there's so many people who are excited about Wonderland's War for various reasons, and we want to, you know, make them all happy, which is never possible. <laughs> but uh, as many Struggle as possible. Those knives but, faster. But they are doing like a crazy good job of being active in the comments, being active on BGG, just notes and ideas and thoughts. Like we're 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 reading all of the comments and all the BGG threads, and we're kind of writing some stuff down uh, for future content because they're coming up with some great ideas of things we hadn't even thought of. <laughs> we're not going to say that we're going to implement those in here, but were there to be an expansion. Uh, some people have already been like, this faction would be really cool to have in an expansion. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. So your backers are helping to create the game. <laughs> yeah, and so we're we're kind of it, it's all development. So a lot of it's not like big swings. Like we're not adding or removing major swaths of you know the rules set in this game, but we are tweaking numbers, balancing things like the quests. Quest scoring has been something that we've worked on ever since we've implemented them, and it's really hard until you have kind of almost everything else locked in to where you know what number is going to be on that quest at the end of things like how many points is a fair amount of points to score on your quest card on a single quest card that you got during a game under various under the various conditions where you can score it like so those are some of the things that we're always going to be tweaking even through the kickstarter thing but a lot of it is we wouldn't have started you know we wouldn't have hit the go live button on kickstarter if we weren't happy with the thing <laughs> sure yeah yeah that was one of the things i noticed and i thought that would uh be interesting from a complexity sake just for uh gameplay depth was all of the different things that can affect victory points yes uh, yes like but just yeah. like the shards is kind of a universal mechanic across the board but there's all sorts of little things in the game where it's like hey if like if you if you tie in a, in a battleground you can you can choose to do the castle or you can choose to take half points like that i like that idea where like you can it's a it's a bit more tactically optional i guess is a good word for, i have the only word i can think about it for right now but uh you 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 make choices like that and then the next time you play you can say well geez that didn't work for me last time so i'm gonna still do the same thing like in in the battleground section but i'm not going to take this option because it didn't work for me last time and that can completely change the way the game plays, which is from a replayability standpoint is amazing. Like so many of these games you play like once and it's like, well, that was cool. Um, in the box, <laughs> you know, so being able to say, Hey, I want to try this faction next time, but with this faction, I'm going to play like this, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a, the replayability factor there is massive. We've worked really hard on making sure that we, we kind of are like a, a very light touch on strategies for the different factions to where like, you can look at them and see like, oh, if this faction goes in this kind of route, then that might be really good. But we're never like, if Alice doesn't raise her leader strength, she's going to lose every game. Yeah, right? like that, we, would, that would be a terrible mechanic right. to stuck with, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're making sure that the factions have enough play even within their ability sets that you can 
play them different ways and still be competitive like and not yeah. be like uh well the jabberwock lost because they didn't unlock this upgrade first and then this one second like we're, we're making sure there's not like an optimal path for every single one yeah. but there's enough there that are thematic or, to their faction even if you can find one at least it's going to take you a while to do right <laughs> so you'll be playing the game several times to figure out hey you know if you take this if you take the jabberwock and you unlock this thing and then you go to this over here and you try it and you do and you do that you can easily do this over here you know it's going to take you a while to figure that out you're not going to sit down and open up the box and say well geez you know clearly this is the only tactic that's going to work for this guy right so yeah um, that's that's really nice to hear uh, so has there been any oh go no go ahead barney has there uh any options to uh introduce any like solo play with this at all um so we we had talked about it prior to the uh the launch and we kind of landed that it would be great to have be something where if when we do an expansion it will be a part of the expansion and then it will work in all the things that the expansion works in but to make it a part of the base experience would take time away from us working on that base experience and making sure that all clicks okay. and also there's kind of the thing where i really like the solo mode that we did for dinosaur island in the expansion um and it was a lot of it was kind of based on going in and reading all of the threads of people talking about the first solo mode in the in the base game and like what they liked what they didn't like and then kind of tailoring it to like okay well these people obviously love dinosaur island they played a solo 10 20 30 times this is the stuff that they're looking for how do we make that and incorporate all this new stuff that we that we're adding to the expansion okay. so i think solo modes work really well as when you go into an expansion because you have that like depth of like people who have played the game what their feedback is right. to bring into like a to make the solo mode even more solid like i'm a fan of solo modes i think it would be very fun to make one for this like i have a lot of ideas written down but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i know so solo uh, solo options for games are are very very popular so uh it's nice that uh, at least you, you've got that in the back of your minds at, the, at this point um now let's talk a little bit about the the actual game itself and the, and the pledges. Um, with this game, there is like an exclusive Kickstarter edition. It's this deluxe edition that comes with all these minis that that we we showed and, and that we talked about. Um, that uh, you know, the, I, this is the only way you're going to be able to get it if this is uh, if you want the really super you know the really nice uh, deluxe version uh, that is running. What is it? It's an eighty dollar pledge. Mm -hmm. So that's. Uh, that's that's a really decent uh decent offering um and then you also have uh this option for these wicked chips like they're yeah. like super they super premium really good like, they do really i'll be honest good. like i've pledged for the the highest level of this game which is the the the, the deluxe version with those chips and i'm gonna tell you like because if, if you're gonna get the deluxe version you might as well like you might as well <laughs> right. go all the way. Go, you know, you're going to go, go I mean, hard. That's, that's just, I mean, you, you have to do what, what's right for your, your budget, of course. But I'm just saying, like, for me, it's like one of those things where, all right, I'm splurging for the, the really nice figures and, and everything mini, in the minis. Like, yeah, well, I might as well just go all the way because, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm already here. <laughs> honestly, I probably would not have backed it if it didn't have deluxe chips because uh, any bag building game with cardboard 
you're going to rough those pieces up as you throw them in your bag and mix them up and pull them out. Um, so having the chips made it an insta back for me. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah I've be. got some, uh, I've got some serious FOMO going on here uh, because <laughs> it's just, it's going to be a, it, it's a stretch for me to have to, to, you know, to, to back that one. And I'm like, oh, those chips though. That's what you want to hear. Have you seen the chips in person, Ian? Uh, no, no, we haven't. I haven't seen them in person. I've only had a couple of trips out to like LA when we were doing like design retreats and stuff for the game. Um, and the most recent time I had like seen their version of the game, I think it was like PAX and Blood, maybe. Uh, it's definitely um a while ago since I'm, I'm trying to make my own fancy version but i'm like 3d printing my own miniatures and <laughs> and all wow. the supporter meeples and everything uh for a live stream that we're doing soon but yeah so i'm, I'm, I'm kind of hand making my own fancy version but i don't think i can make those fancy chips uh <laughs> we had a lot of kind of a lot of discussions on what to do about those like we looked at like what brass had done with like the clay irons the mm-hmm, iron clays mm-hmm. and stuff and we're like those are pretty cool they don't have as many as we have in the game. There's <laughs> over 200 of them. Um, so we're trying to figure out what made the most sense. And we had seen a lot of people talking about like the upgraded, uh, the geek bits, the geek up bits from BGG for like Orleans and for like Quacks Quedlinburg and like all of those um, games that had kind of similar like bag like they had bag building you know and people were raving about those so james looked into uh the cost on those and he's like yeah i think i think we can do this and like after seeing like what those bits look like and the quality of those oh so good it's so good (laughs) you you know what they they remind me of they remind me of disc versions of the star wars destiny dice Mm. like if you were to take those have you ever i don't know if anybody's seen the star ben you're a destiny yeah. player like yeah, it's those got the types heat of transfer dice, yeah that yeah, they the talk heat about. transfer with really nice like yep. shine to them and like like those aren't those aren't coming off anytime right soon same with the dinosaur island dice also yeah. heat transfer yeah uh so i'm used to that i'm used to having games with these super slick heat transfer components uh i don't say that's my niche but <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh so yeah so so you've got the you've got a couple different uh, exclusive uh options and the other thing that of course you know druid city games is known for really high quality components and and really kind of going up you know stepping up their their uh their production values with 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 most of their games actually with pretty much all their games um and this game is no exception because it actually has the the game trays inserts as well which I think even uh, Grim Forest had, and I'm trying to think, Tidal Blades will probably have in it as well. Um, yeah, so I, I love uh, uh, I love the fact that they're they're adding. Uh, there they're there adding... have been some comments on the Kickstarter of people because they haven't seen like uh, like what's the you know what's the card quality going to be like? Is there this the game tray is going to fit sleeved cards? And we're like, yeah, like that's that's standard. Like that shouldn't even be conversation at this point like it should it should be them. but you'd be amazed at how many games with good inserts don't fit sleeved cards mm-hmm. like it's crazy yeah uh i i know you can always tell when a game publisher is a fan of game 
of playing games and storing games and like you can tell when they're like almost like when they're a board game collector as well like because they usually think of all these little things that a lot of folks probably take for granted and sleeving you know having space for sleeve cards and and you know higher quality components and everything like that you can tell you know james wants that for his customers like he wants people to buy these games and be like oh my word like this is phenomenal like they they, he, they want them to have value is pretty he, he wants the people to have value for for their their uh, for their dollar right great to see um now there is a kickstarter pledge and i i before we we went live ben you you talked a little bit about uh, the or the retailer pledge uh for yeah. brick and mortar um is this uh I, I know that uh, you know supporting brick and mortar is, is something that's that's really important, uh, especially with Kickstarter. And so it's nice to first of all, it's nice to see that you have that option uh, for uh, for retailers. Uh, ben, you you took a look at this. Do you uh, do you have any comments or uh, do you have anything that you'd like to add as far as that's concerned? Uh, I mean, I don't have all the details yet because I literally just backed it as a store today, so I haven't gotten all the all the amounts and everything in but um yeah ha just having a retailer pledge makes me feel like you care about the the market after the kickstarter so um anytime i see one of those i'm immediately interested sometimes details may or may not work depending on the on the game but uh this is this game has my personal interest so therefore i'm going to wait it a little bit more than i would <laughs> you know any other game on kickstarter but yeah it's it's when when a game is going to Kickstarter, if it's not you know someone just making it uh, on their own and everything, and it's a studio producing it, I really do think that having a retailer pledge not only indicates to retailers but also to the uh, the normal backers that you're serious about this game and you think that this game has legs beyond the initial Kickstarter hype. So it's really awesome to see that when it's in there. Right. And there have been people who have talked about, um, like, if I want to get this at retail, like at my friendly local game store, like, should I back this at all? And I was like, well, $1 back, you know, helps with, uh, you know, the community unlocks if we as, as we are heading towards those, which are all based on backer numbers and not on monetary values or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, like, if I totally support someone just waiting and picking up at their friendly local game store, support, supporting your local game store, I think is super mm -hmm. important. I have one that's like a block away from me and I always go there first. Let's see, ah, let's see what nice. they got. My, my friendly local game store is Ben <laughs> and that's quite a ways away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about a long drive to your friendly local <laughs> game store. <laughs> come on over here. I mean, Barney was able to come visit me today, Doug. You have no excuse. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Fortunately, my local game store is not so friendly. My friendly local game store is not so local. <laughs> mine's a four-hour drive <laughs> well so is your next door neighbor no that's not true canada the ones i like maybe ben uh ben did you have uh, you, yeah uh, did you have a question for uh for ian uh i did i i wanted us to wrap up all the the pledge level stuff before i took a detour oh, here yeah um, did, uh, but... i think i did i talked about the kickstarter yeah. the uh the pre premium uh edition the the and oh there is a retail uh, a, like a retail edition where you just get like the you get the uh 
uh, you don't get the minis, uh, but it's a $50 retail edition. So if anybody is interested in, in you know, just picking up the, the, uh, the yeah. quote unquote, you know, the basic version you, you, you do and, and save yourself some, some, some coins as well, but you're also uh, supporting the Kickstarter. Yeah. Standees yeah. You get the standees. Fantastic. Are the standees I, sometimes, good? sometimes I love standees over like uh, wayward was one where they had, we're thinking about doing a version of that game that had minis. And then I saw the standees and they were like this tall. They had such great table presence and the minis were going to be about half that size. And I was like, no, like the standees is diversion. Like this stands out on yeah. a table. If you have those massive full color, you know, characters that are just moving around and doing all this cool stuff. There are so certain some, games. Some people like, yeah, there's certain games that definitely, I know for Wonderlands War, the minis are definitely my jam. But there were games like uh, Streets of Steel that had like the 16-bit standees versus the miniatures. Right. And like the 16-bit standees are great. Or like Trogdor, the the, mm. the the printed meeples were so much cooler than the minis. Right. And this is an amazing amount of product inside even the basic retailer <laughs> yes. game for, for 50 bucks, the retail yeah. version. Yeah, that's impressive. You're, you're packing what I, a lot I was... in there. When I first looked at the pledge levels, I was like 115 bucks. And this is, of course, American. So it's like 180 Canadian. But um, <laughs> even, I'm not even kidding, Doug. Uh, <laughs> um, at the quantity of stuff that you get mm -hmm. is absurd for that price. Usually, value. like to get that much stuff out of a box, usually would be like a good 250. Easy. I'm just wondering how heavy the box is going to be. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's what it depends I'm wondering. how dense the plastic discs are i think that'll be the real weight of it well what is, the, uh, what is the depth of the box going to be I, I know it's a 12 by 12 um footprint. so that we're still I, I think noah just had to do a new render because people had um it's one of those things where the backers came in and like swooped in and was like hey that would be really awesome if if the premium chips could fit into like the deluxe box along with everything else and we were like well that's gonna be tough, but we'll talk. We'll talk to Noah from Game Trades. We'll see what he can do. Yeah. And, and Noah delivered. So the box wow. is definitely deeper than it was cool. previously. I don't know the actual dimensions anymore. Because I know, like, um, like spells and steam changed. is twelve by twelve, and then it's like by twelve. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, a cube. <laughs> it is a cube of a game. Uh, seems it seems slightly less than that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> is there any concerns like in with that with the whole issue going on in china with like the coronavirus and some of the other issues is there any issues a lot of those pieces coming from there that might actually increase the actual production cost that are you guys worried about um not that i know of but my purview is just to make cool stuff and let other people <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> that's a I'm nice position to be in he doesn't he doesn't have to worry about that that part of the uh the game yeah fortunately because the logistics uh, side of it yeah, yeah. right luckily we, we luckily, did have to james... answer we did have to answer a very interesting question which was something that we had like i was like hey james people are asking about this and i honestly have no idea how to handle it um it was the the eu shipping for the uk oh yeah yeah that's um, always a big deal yeah well like if it was shipping this year then you know it'd still maintain that eu status but if, since this is uh going to be hitting oh, in like march okay. next year okay. people from the uk had a lot of questions sure. 
um, about like, is this still going to be like UK shipping friendly versus EU shipping friendly? Because after this year, that also will be two different things. Yeah. Um, so that was something they had to talk with their partners about. And then they're like, well, we are going to say that we are UK friendly. You are going to pay the same as people do in the EU. And if that ends up costing, it's going to cost us and not you. So, wow. Wow. It's big. That that's is a big. That's a big cool. thing to step Very up cool. for. Yeah. yeah. A lot of places, it's just like, no, we're just going to bury you guys in this stuff. Right. Um. Yeah. Kind of swinging back to to theme and stuff. Uh, was there anything that you were developing for this game, and you realized, oh, that's not part of like the open license Wonderland. That that's distinctly Disney, and you had to pull <laughs> it back out. Oh, like, that's a good question, Ben. Yeah, we've we've done we've done multiple checks to make sure and made sure that okay, this is a character from the books. This is not a different spelling. So this is why you, the faction oh. is called Jabberwock and not Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky is a character from the movies. Yeah. Whereas Jabberwock is the character from the poem. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then you have there were things uh, we had a lot we had more locations at one point like when it was like this bigger area control thing you know through the multiple versions um so we were naming all these other characters you had the red keep you had the white keep you know you had all these different places that we ended up just getting narrowed down to five one of them was um i think it was called oh what is it (laughs) dang it now i forget um it wasn't actually a place from any of the books. It was a place that was specifically invented as the hometown of uh, the Mad Hatter for the movies. Oh, <laughs> oh like wow. The, uh, the like teacup kind of area. Is that? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Couldn't tell you what it was, but I, I, I know what you're talking about. So. Right um but yeah so it was it was very much like oh we got we got quite a ways down and um we were like oh crap let's we (laughs) we actually have to change this we can't do that yeah um so that was one of the like the major ones where we had to take out one of the locations because it didn't feature anywhere in the um the story of the books which (laughs) is a thing that we can pull from Yeah, I imagine that there's a there's a super hard shift to divorce that from the mm-hmm. the Disney properties at this point. So it's, I'm sure uh, Disney it's will amazing. check on that for you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely will. So yeah, it's great to hear that you're doing that. So there's not those issues uh, right. with with working against well, the mouse. So yeah, to speak. you you want to you want to get out ahead of that kind of thing every time. Nothing will ruin your day more than somebody from Disney knocking on your door or saying, hi, <laughs> you know that thing you're trying to do? No. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about this, uh, about this game. And, and it's just been amazing to see it just like, just take off. Cause it's only been up for what a week now at this point. Is it only? It's um, been... Yeah. It's, this like, is the yeah. second week. It launched yeah. last Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Almost. I'm happy to see the amount of interest in it just because Alice in Wonderland is very cool 
in all of its iterations, but it's still fairly niche. So to see this many people jump on it that quickly is very inspiring, yeah. actually. Because, I mean, you've got over like 5,000 backers at this point. Yeah. Which is yep. great. It's it's an enticing package, though. Like, Oh, for sure. Like The just... value for your dollar is massive in this. Plus, but even plus like just, just looking at the the Kickstarter page, um, you know, I used to kind of run a live stream about Kickstarters and and curb appeal of of Kickstarters. Um, I mean, this has got everything. It's the Kickstarter does everything right. Um, it, it's eye catching. It's it's well laid out. You get the information that you need. Uh, you've got a way to engage people day by day. You've got animated gifts in there. I mean, this is this is something that it, you feel safe backing number one. Um, and it's, it's just, it's fabulous. Uh, well, so, I mean, I think James, uh, you know, I keep mentioning him, but you know, he, he kind of gets how Kickstarter is supposed to work. Oh yeah. And, you know, he's very uh, upfront with uh, backers and, you know, if there's any delays or if there's anything that changes, he he posts and he lets you know, Hey, this is what's going on. You know? And, and it's not like one of those, you know, not that, you know, I understand we all get busy and, 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 you know, certain creators have to, you know, we have nine to five jobs or they have nine to five jobs or they have, you know, personal lives that, you know, they can't be, you know, accessible to their computers 24 seven, but, you know, James really makes sure that, that everything's well communicated. And, and that's, uh, I think that goes along, a long ways with uh with folks and and he's built a great community of folks that you know regardless of whatever the game is or the theme is you know i think people know what like i said they, they know that they're going to get value for for their the game they know that it's going to be high quality and you know maybe the theme is only partially you know interesting to them but they'll still back it because of the fact that they know that that's a you know it's going to be a good game and it's going to have great components and it's going to be well-designed like from folks like Ian, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that that, uh, and Tim that and Ben Eisner, big shout out. And, 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 and yeah, and Tim Ben Eisner, which have put out some really great uh, games uh, like uh, Grim Forest and Grim Masquerade. And again, those are uh, really, really, really great games. And yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, uh, to, <laughs> you know, uh, downplay uh, Ben and Tim because they're, they're great people. And, and, and but they're not here. I get it. Sorry. Yeah, you know, we, yeah, they they're not on here. The show. <laughs> this is no. the Ian show. Come on. <laughs> All right, One time the... for Tidal Blades Part Two. Yeah, no, it's oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the cool things about James and this project, he decided kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm sure he decided probably before this, but he told us about it kind of the night before, where since we were doing the daily narrative reveals and sort of so there'd be an update every day and have all the new information, every one of those, I think except for today's because he had a an outpatient thing he had to do at the hospital. So uh, <laughs> that he's not unavailable. How dare you care for your own health? Right. Right. Um, he had done an AMA on in every one of those. So he'll take like the comments of the day and he'll go through, write down people's biggest questions and their concerns and then answer them in that video along with the update. Um, and originally I was like, so you're, you're just going to answer the same questions over and over again for 23 days um, because because I've, I've been in a Kickstarter before. I know how this works. There's people yeah. that wouldn't have seen that update. But it ended up being super clever on his part 
because well now that now the backers are informed about these answers, right? Because they've they've watched the videos, and they will go in and they will answer the questions of anyone ah. coming to it. So like they become, yeah. you know, they're they're ambassadors for the community. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's cool. how you know you have a good Kickstarter going actually, when you have enough people who are involved in it because of the way you have it set up that they're here all the time, they're reading all the comments and you have them sitting there behind you or working alongside you, whether they know it or not, helping you to make sure that everyone is on the same page at all times. So you don't get the one guy who's like, well, I asked a question three days ago and no one answered it. So screw you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, people, people aren't like that. Oh, Doug, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have both been on Kickstarters where people have done like things like that. <laughs> it's it's hard in this day and age you know people people want uh, yeah. immediate uh, you know they want their answer answers. now yeah exactly they want the right answer they want the answer that's for them <laughs> so so ian we've talked about uh, wonderland's war can you tell us a little bit you've, you've mentioned title blades too uh is there anything else that you can kind of without you know i don't want you to to, to uh, you know get in trouble or anything but he does he really else? does he just is well i do I, that, kind of, so. I do he's trying to absolve <laughs> himself of that particular sin uh, is there is there anything else that uh, you want us to let, let listeners and, and viewers know that uh, you've got coming out uh, that uh, you've been working on um so as far as projects i can talk about mm -hmm. uh obviously there is the part two of title blades which is going to be kind of a dungeon crawler that continues the story of like what happens after they win the championship you know after they become the title blade champions um and are chosen as the next champions like what happens then now they're this kind of group that's really bad at working together and now we throw them into this story of well now you have to kind of put it all on the line like now you have to go in and actually be heroes and what does that mean like it's one thing to be the champion to be a title blade but what does it mean to be a hero and so we're going through this kind of narrative uh dungeon crawler and you know figuring out how that works so now it's going to be like a co-op uh which is very different from the original title blades it's very competitive so, so now I had a quick question. So when when Axel dies between Title Blades one and two, who takes his place? Um, it's uh, it's just it's Axel, but there's like a apostrophe in between. The... And it's just not as much of a punk. Yeah. See, we've they've established that time travel exists, so it's just a different Axel, <laughs> a younger, more brash Axel. No. <laughs> Um, but no, so that was that was one of the you know that's one of the major ones that we are um, like obviously you know Wonderlands War priority one for for you know Team Skybound and stuff, but they have other bunch of other stuff coming down the pipeline also. Nice, possibly nice. a few other things that may or may not have my name on it based on their wonderful bodies of uh, IPs that they that they have in house. Sure, um, sure. I've I've read a lot of their comics. I'm not saying okay. how many how much of that was research, but I've read a lot of their comics. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very cool. And there's some things I can't talk about yet. All right. Well, how about Ian? How about once you can? How about you hit me up and we have you back on? Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. That's assuming he wants to come. Back. Yeah, that, that, that's that's basically <laughs> guaranteeing you to come back on now because you know I'm putting you right, right. on the spot. 
Yeah. yeah, no, I think uh, there's some things on the other side of the game design fence um, that have to do with dice and rolling and playing roles and stuff like that. You know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. You, you know that this channel would uh, love to uh, <laughs> to have you on uh, if you're uh, working on some uh, some RPGs. I do know there is an RPG coming out or is planned. Oh, for, for, uh, good old, for, for good old title blades yes i did not have anything to do with that unfortunately ah. <laughs> ah, interesting interesting um if folks want to know more about you ian and they would like to uh follow you on social media where should they go uh, the easiest way is to find me on facebook my name's ian it's it's like uh you can probably see it uh <laughs> It's in the title of the video, I assume. Well, not if they're um, listening to the podcast. Right. <laughs> it's, well, it's in the, the title of the podcast, Jason. Uh, right. So it's Ian Moss on Facebook. It's Chaos underscore Moss on Twitter if you want to get uh, not a lot of notifications <laughs> because I tweet very infrequently. Oh, hey, um, I have a Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I just say, usually just says when I back something on Kickstarter. Um, one of the main ways you can see you can see me if that's the thing that you want to do is I live stream uh, twice uh, currently three times a week on infectious play publishing on Facebook. Um, we do a Wednesday stream it's called coffee and contemplation, where we talk about a subject and drink an entire pot of coffee in the process. Wow. The stream doesn't end <laughs> until the pot is empty. Uh, it doesn't take Jeez. as long as you think. Um, Someone's in a Well, hurry, yeah, through a half a pot, you're going to be talking so fast. I think it doesn't. So, <laughs> so yeah, okay. Uh, I could go. Yeah, I'm not going to go. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and you get to do that with uh, John Gilmore most of the time, right? Yep. Nice. Yeah, so we actually work out of the same office um, and we, we co-design a lot. Like we're working, we're the team on the second Tidal Blades game. Um, maybe some of the other things that Skybound has coming up and quite a few other projects. I feel like we need a, a team name um, like you have for like Ridback or, you know, <laughs> some of those other dynamic duo teams. Sure. Um, but yeah, so we do a Wednesday stream, we do a Friday stream where we play a game, and we started doing that. That was simply just because uh, we wanted to, I mean, it's research to play new games, right? You want to see what's out there, you want to see what new mechanics and new systems people are, are excited about and playing. And so we made it so an audience will yell at us if we don't. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of how Ben is at his store. I mean, he just plays games all of, all the time. All day long. You know, he's a store. No. He's a game store manager, so that's what they do all day long is they just play games. You know, right. I don't know if you're in the dream. <laughs> that's 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 what uh, he calls it. You know, research as well, but it's actually you know, <laughs> you know just him playing games in the in the store. Right. <laughs> oh, poor poor Ben. He's like, why do I even come on this show? I'm gonna I'm gonna at the end of this year, I'm actually gonna I, I've been tracking all my recreational board game and uh, plays, and I will share with our listeners uh, exactly how little I play for fun. <laughs> yeah, do you, Ian, this that's a good question. Do you does playing board games or playing tabletop games in general does that ever get dull for you like like and they always say that like once you become like a, a prof like once you work in the field that you really love or that you have like that you want to be in 
like sometimes that kind of loses some of its luster like has that ever happened to you is like is, is you're just like ah, oh, do i really want to, like do i want to play a game again today like you know is, is that uh, is that a thing i mean there's there's probably some days where i'd much rather like watch a movie and just not be active rather than uh like actively like using my brain like if i can shut it off maybe i'll watch a you know a michael bay or something uh, <laughs> what those <laughs> movies are so intellectually stimulating um but no a lot of like most of the time like i i don't know if it if it wasn't fun i probably wouldn't do it that's yeah, kind of our mantra yeah. of our live streams too like if it ever becomes more work than fun then i then we would just stop <laughs> absolutely absolutely no I, I i i've always been curious if uh, as as game designers if it's just like oh okay well you know i, I love you you get into the industry because I, you love it you know, you love game design, you love playing games and, and you love like coming up with different ideas. And like, I always wondered if that was ever, if it ever becomes like, okay, ugh, I just can't, can't do it today for some reason. I, mean, I guess we all have those days in our professions in general, you know, but when I have uh, to math balance a game, like just bat math balancing cards and oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so i co-design with john john loves math balancing Is he, it, <laughs> okay yeah uh, that's good that you have like the yin to your yang and in, in, uh, different uh, different things so all right does anybody else have any questions for for ian before we sign off or uh jason uh, i'm good jason I just learned looks, a lot what's that I learned a lot about the game, actually. So I'm I I am very well very excited. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for Wonderland's War, and and I'm going to tell folks that if you're listening to this or, or uh, watching this video, uh, I put the link to the Kickstarter in the description of this video. So please go check it out. Um, I tried to scroll it a little bit and take a, show you a little bit. I think I scrolled a little bit too fast on this video, but uh, you know you'll have to forgive me. You'll have to have to go to the website and and definitely take a look at the Kickstarter because uh, it's just it's just like Jason said, it's a really well done. Uh, really well uh, laid out uh, Kickstarter and it's got a lot a lot of content for uh, for this game so I guess that's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Good Cast it was chaotic but it was so good I want to thank my fellow casters Barney Smith Jason Hunt, Rob Kalajian Ben Higgins and of course our special guest caster Ian Moss this has been the Chaotic Good Cast we'll see you next week Ben, you, you owe us like five pants parody songs. <laughs> In addition to all the gaming. In addition to all the gaming, yeah. Wow. So no you no no pants parodies, huh? No. All right. No. That was so 2019. If you can if you can get it, if you can get it, if you can get someone to Kickstarter a pants parody game, Ben's all over it. <laughs>